Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm in the dark, Shad. You're hanging in there, right? Yeah, it's uh, like a major power storm. A major thunderstorm came came through my area and just wiped out the power. So I'm I'm literally I'm calling it on my phone. I have no idea what the audio it's, quality is going to be like. But it's, that is devotion. To yes. the podcast product that we bring, yeah, right there. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, just in the dark. I have a flashlight with me. <laughs> podcast by candle, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's the one thing about um, the move that we upgraded is we went from above ground power lines to underground power lines, and the power goes mm. out a lot less when it's underground. Oh, right. Yeah, well, I think there's like trees down in the area, maybe or uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. The worst. I hate it when that happens. We so, want the worst is though at our old house is we were on a different circuit, so sometimes we would not have power, and you could literally look across the street and see people with power. <clears throat> that has happened oh. to me. Like the last out of the last five outages I've had in my neighborhood, four of them have been exactly that. Uh, I actually drove around. Like a couple hours ago, I actually drove around the neighborhood to see, um, and it was it was still light enough that it that's probably not the best barometer, but most of the area looked out to me. And I'm now I'm looking out my window and I don't see any other like house near me with lights on. It's all dark. Gotcha. Oh well, um, before we do our shoutouts, I want to give everybody a heads up. Um. We all here on this podcast, we are all intensely saddened uh, the loss of beautiful Bobby Eaton. And so next week, we are going to be doing our tribute episode. Not so much for topicality, but we just wanted to make sure that we gathered some resources together and all had time to go through them in depth and really kind of digest. So that'll be coming next week. Uh, I know that's, that's going to be a little behind the curve as compared to a lot of other places, but uh, we this is one we really want to do right. We really want to land it. So, and we we want to mention that Jody Hamilton, the assassin, and Burt Prentice passed away. Yeah. Did you guys uh, watch the um the Florida angle I sent you where he's dressed up like El Santo, and he's giving Dusty some award and then beats him with the plaque and he starts talking and he pulls <laughs> like the the assassin mask out of a grocery bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is just such great heel work. I love that. <clears throat> All right. So, just so everybody knows, yes, next week uh, will be our 
episode for beautiful Bobby Eaton. And, but for this week, uh, we're going to cover something that's topical. But first, our shout outs. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four. Capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast. To save 10% off your order, they do currently have a beautiful Bobby Eaton shirt. All the proceeds will be going to Bobby's family. I've already ordered mine. And so. If that, if you would like to um, pitch in in that way, then uh, sitting right there waiting for you. Our other shout out goes to Matt. That would be to Orlando Cologne. Hopefully, wherever he is, he has power. And, <laughs> and Orlando <laughs> also well says, lit. "You can't release me if you've already fired me." True. That sounds like a segue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was quite um. We were, we did we we did the thing with Dames last week, so we I think we briefly touched on the Bray Wyatt release, but there's been a whole slew of the the NXT calling that I think I, we had been expecting for about two years finally happened um, Friday night. It all happened Friday night, and it was it was kind of like a Black Friday to kind of bring it to like the, the busiest shopping day of the year. It was a different type of Black Friday. Did, yeah. Have they resigned and, Adam Cole yet, or is he still in limbo? He is, last I heard, still in limbo because they had put an offer on the table, but so far as I know, he had not made a decision. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything more about that, except that he met personally with Vince on Friday. And you never know what, what's true because the rumors are like, oh, the meeting went well. But then again, like there were also always these there was also all these rumors about like, oh, Tony Khan already has a, like a, a deal like given to him. Like, And it's either Tony Khan or somebody came out and said, like, no, that's complete bullshit. Like, I don't know where you're getting this, but that hasn't happened. So if, if you never know, if someone's like, oh, the meeting went well, like, you don't know what that you don't know what that actually if that's actually legitimate. That's, or not. that's one, something uh, Moxley said. From mm-hmm. his uh, interview on Talk is Jericho, he's like, Vince mm-hmm. has that Jedi mind trick. You go to talk to him and be mad as hell about something, then you leave. They're like, oh, that was great. And then about a half hour later, you'll be like, wait a minute. The one thing I, I, I want to talk about, Cole, but the one thing that allegedly, I guess, I could find would find plausible is that they are making like a pitch for him to stay. And that, regardless of what happens with NXT, um, and comments Vince made about NXT, like allegedly they want to, the promise is that they, he would come to the main roster and, you know, they would, they would at least ha- have storylines for him on the main roster. But um, we can talk more about him in a minute. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, we'll, we'll start with, I will, I guess we'll dive early on the big news and then kind of work from there. But yeah, a um, couple weeks ago, uh, they and WWE announced that they their statement was we have come to uh, terms with the release of Bray Wyatt. Um, let's now there's been a little bit more that has come out, and part of it was that there was something floating around about um, you know he had been taking time off for his mental health issues. Uh, Fightful. Um, Sean Ross Scott over at Fightful has proven himself to be a pretty reputable source and has said outright that that is not the case. They just haven't had him doing anything. And so 
I heard that, a couple of rumors on that chat. If, yeah. Uh, there was one, and this is like, it, you always don't like to use secondhand or anecdotal evidence, but um, I, I guess a, a person he knows or his friends with, who will, I guess it's like his, <laughs> of all people, it's like his tattoo artist. Um, but his tattoo artist apparently was like commenting on rumors, like on social media, like on Twitter or something like that. Where someone was like, oh, yeah, wasn't he, wasn't Bray off or taking time off for mental health? And this guy was like, no, that's completely wrong. Like, yeah. And not that it's like this guy is his best friend, but maybe they're close or at least they talk or he's seen Bray uh, in, the, in the last like three, four months. But according to him, that was all crap. Like, that wasn't the yeah. case. Uh, and again, it's like secondhand. Who really knows if this guy's being honest? But the, the the new rumor I had heard was that he he was taking time off because he was physically injured. And the thing that I had heard was that it was possibly like concussion related, which you don't know if you don't know if any of this is legitimate. But I mean, it's plausible if if he had suffered a concussion. Well, it's plausible. He's, and it's, he's, he's going to be off like two, three months. They really gave him some time off for that. It, it's plausible or it could be plausible that it's like he's had some nagging physical injuries that, mm-hmm. that you know, every now and then someone's just got to take some time off in order to heal up from stuff like that. But, see, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how much stock I put in that because Meltz and Fightful both had statements that the finish from WrestleMania – to Orton Wyatt was changed like day of like why it was the fiend was going over Randy Orton and they were going to build from there. And instead the day of they changed their mind, which explains the incredible awkwardness of the, and I'm quoting box like structure. What the <laughs> hell? Um, I and, forgot about that. Yeah. And Orton just the whole match being basically one RKO and a pinfall. Like, if, if that was not the original finish, then was he really going to be taking time off? I don't know. And then the uh, the original thing that they said was they, the statement said, we have come to terms for mutual separation or something like that. And then uh, Meltzer, he said, I don't have the details yet, but no, he was flat fired. And here's the thing that, like this has ripples. There, there are reports everywhere that this has ripples because, first of all, the, this, the two guy, two of the guys that headlined SummerSlam last year, Wyatt and Strowman, are no longer with the company. Mm-hmm. Wyatt was one of their biggest <clears throat> merchandise movers. He's no longer with the company, um, and now there are other people on the roster that see Wyatt get released and are just like. Like uh, they're either freaking out or they're pissed or, you know, they're getting paranoid or or some combination. They're, they, everyone's looking over their shoulder because like, well, if Bray ain't safe, then who is? Because, you know, he this is the creative guy that's come up with two, three good gim like reinvented himself twice mm-hmm. and sold boatloads of merchandise and they He's still selling merch. Yeah. Uh, he he this most uh, this is kind of getting like into like the toys, but like right now the most recent toy line, like he's got a figure and they've done multiple figures of him as the fiend. 
And you they're know, still they, selling t-shirts. They're selling, you know, the fake fiend masks. Like it's, They're selling the fiend belt still. Yeah, it, it's, he's still a merch mover. You know what the markdown on the fiend belt was? Because they were selling it for what, like, like $250. Like $500? Bucks. Yeah, they marked it down by 40 bucks. <laughs> that was their they, markdown. Their, um, their, their merchandise shop has become increasingly a scam like the last five years. You like, also the prices just find. keep going up and up and up and up and up. That's that's accurate because I've looked into. I mean the t-shirts I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like I don't think the t-shirt the t-shirts are good quality anymore, and most of the designs are absolute garbage. But I've looked into the replica belts with WWE, and it's like they used to back in the day. They were like four hundred dollars, and yeah. the prices had only gone up. Now when like when they discount stuff, it's it might creep down to 400 but it's like this is this is not worth that money and i don't think there's a great quality either look <sighs> I, I i bought my title belt came from people who make belts to be used on the indies like mm-hmm. it and it did not cost as much as wwe replicas do so well we we know someone that was involved in the process before WWE took it over, and they pretty much called this 100%. They mm-hmm. said they're going to jack the prices way up, and you're going to be able to get a real title belt for less than what they yeah. are going to want for replicas, and they were dead on about that. True. If if I recall correctly, I, this is going back a few years, but a uh, friend of the show, actually Damien, <laughs> who was on last week, yeah. um, I... I went to his wedding and he he has he has several what well, between him and his wife is because his wife mm-hmm. is a huge wrestling fan too. His he and his wife have a bunch of replica belts and they actually brought them to his wedding as essentially as props because they had a, like a small little photo booth type of yeah. thing. And so we were able to take photos with it. There, I actually I actually have a really cool um, photo where it's me and <laughs> and friend of the show Christy Petrillo. Yeah, and I'm holding the belt, and he's like, we were like giving like really stern looks at each other. It's it's almost like an old school, uh, like he's challenging me for the belt, and we're both in like nice suits, so it looks really cool. It's like old, like if even if we uh if you put us in the '80s, <laughs> like where the challenger and the challenge uh the challengee are facing off each other. It's like it's a really cool photo. But anyway, um the the quality of those belts were pretty decent but i also think that those were belts that he bought before wwe took that back mm-hmm. because they were being made by another company i actually feel i actually feel like chris's uh the company that he's associated with actually was the one who made those belts yeah because he's the one he he was the one. i yeah. was trying not to blow his spot up but yeah he talked about that and said they're gonna jack the prices up and down the the quality and he went into some technical reasons for that but i think but like back in the day i mean i know inflation and everything but you used to be able to get one for like 250 bucks and oh yeah mm-hmm. they were decent were, quality yeah they were they're pretty affordable back then reasonably i mean i mean 10 years ago maybe 250 would be a lot for people yeah, because 250 is still like a lot but the quality i think was it, it was pretty good i mean it's actual the, at least those belts, the ones Damien has, was it seemed like it was actual leather. 
versus whatever the hell that, that they're putting out now. I a mean, lot of be... a lot of the mm. replicas and probably theirs are they they it's like a fake it's like a synthetic fake leather that they shove like cardboard or like a like a thin particle board into to give it um, solidity. Gives it some structure. Yeah. It, that's that's awful. If I'm spending four hundred or more dollars on a replica belt, like I want it to be like real leather. Like it doesn't have to be the best quality, although I would I would hope that it's of decent quality. But if it's not the best quality leather, like I could maybe accept that you don't give me like fake leather and i if anything i would hope that the leather would be the thing that's actually like real like i understand you're not going to give me it's not going to be a gold belt it's going to you know be brass with maybe some gold plating if, but if, or at least a, a comparable material if but you're gonna if you're no. gonna if you're not gonna give me real leather then how about you sell me the plates for two hundred dollars and i'll go find someone to make me the the leather belt part and put the plates mm-hmm. on it for me. It, it, it shouldn't be like the other thing that happens is you mentioned what the, the plates were made of. The thickness on them makes a big difference too. Cause it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what they're made of. If they're only like two millimeters thick, those suckers are going to bend, you know? Yeah. My, yeah, I call it my belt just because of the, uh, you know, it's, it's the replica of the last one I held has some, thick plates you are not bending those those are going to break before they bend you know it's i mean they are thick but you know the way things are going so do we know what happened with the adam cole situation yes so is it is it hang on i wasn't i'm sorry i was going to rant a little more on the bray thing if you don't mind um and then i'll quit and we'll go on to adam cole Hmm. i just have to get it off my chest if you if you don't mind, I'm okay with that. Um, I am, honest to God, perplexed at the thought process here, because it's like uh, you're gonna say, okay, well, it was a big money contract, guys. Like this is a guy who made you a ton of money. This is a guy who, you know, brought all of this in. You know, brought, uh, you know, interest in, and he didn't just do this once. Like he redeveloped a gimmick like he reinvented his gimmick twice in ways that really took off which incidentally couldn't stay going because vince couldn't book him that that was the biggest downfall is i feel like the gimmicks were honestly and 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 they weren't even terrifically nuanced but they were too nuanced for vince like vince vince wanted like straightforward stuff and then they just screwed it all up i feel like the fiend was horribly mismanaged and the fiend they did the wrong thing with the fiend the fiend shouldn't have been wrestling because i grew to loathe the fiend because the matches were just so terrible and it buried everyone he was in the ring with like he really needed to be a special attraction that wrestled like three times a year he was you had a mechanism for gimmick changes with the fiend the only thing I can figure is one. This is popular. We got to get it on TV. The 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 boss puppet that he was feeding money <laughs> to was too right. It was too on the yeah. nose. But then the other thing is like, well, if we're gonna have him on the main roster. He's got to get out there and do stuff. It's like, look, 
you guys blew the chance to put him in the Undertaker spot already with the Undertaker. I think the problem mm-hmm. was is he came in. He was the only thing that was over on an ice cold product at the time. And, well, then let's um, make sure that we just we just drive it into the ground. Yeah, I I actually completely agree with Brad that. Well, I don't know if I would have him only wrestle like three times a year, but you are he's a, he is that is a character that you should have not had him wrestle more than than like once a month. Like he you can have him wrestle in the pay-per-view. And I understand it's like, oh, you want to move merch and everything. You know, you at that point for a while you had, you know, your house show business because right. the, the pandemic hadn't shut it down, but it, 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 you're right that like he should have been a special attraction. And in that regard, if you had done that, like you should have, you could have had him be like an undertaker um, to a lesser extent, like a cane where it's like, he's a special attraction and you wheel him out. And for that, you, you could have had him like be the fiend for like 10 years. Like no Easy. joke. Like he could have, he, he could have stretched out. I mean, AEW is not to make it like an AEW thing, but AEW is taking like 61, 62 year old Sting, who somehow, because he's like a genetic freak, can actually still put on <laughs> matches. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously like, there's some smoke and mirrors where you kind of you, you do what you can to protect like a, a 61, 62 year old dude who has like a, a bad neck, but they still are making like value of him. And if anything, I actually feel like they're using him too much. Like I I understand like you have him come out with with Darby Allen, but it, it's like they're trying to they're actually kind of making it work for a guy who's you know like 30 25 30 years older than Bray. Like you could right. have easily like you should have been able to figure this out. And they instead it was like well, let's put him in matches every week. Oh, but the matches are going to suck because you have to have them basically be like fucking Superman I where he just pro- no sells everything. I think the problem though is um and where the one part where I don't think the comparison works is like Sting is special in AEW and anywhere that isn't WWE and no one is special in WWE because they instantly take mm. the shine off of everything. So he doesn't get that benefit of the doubt that like a Sting or um, really anyone that like that would get an AEW or an Impact or anywhere else. I feel like I also agree with you on that point, but why exactly is that? Is it the only way I can really contemplate is that at some point a while back, they Vince, I guess I can't say they, it's really more Vince. Like Vince just decided that no one and nothing can be more important than the brand, the WWE brand. I think why in WWE that is now is because it's scripted to the ninth to the nines no one talks like a real human being they're always mm. regurgitating someone else's words so like the personality doesn't <clears throat> come across but it's so overproduced and overthought and over scripted that mystique just can't mm. shine through like there's well, the problem with wwe is wwe does not have that element of um what's going to happen this week. Like I'll use it. Like he's not even a worker. I really like, or I didn't even like the match that much, but like Nick Gage showing up to wrestle Chris Jericho, something Mm -hmm. like that would never happen in WWE. Oh no, it wouldn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't dare have a guy, especially with like his reputation, even though he's been 
reliable on the indie scene for like a few years now. Worked, but worked uh, Zack like, Ryder and Chris Jericho in the same week. Yeah. They wouldn't do I, it because nothing outside of the company exists. They don't yes. acknowledge it exists unless they don't have a choice. I'm not even saying like I'm not even necessarily saying like um Nick Gage show now. I'm talking about like you know maybe even like bringing up Hoovy. Like would they would they would they take someone that had like a name outside of WWE and be like, "Hey, you have to do these seven trials of Hercules, and we're gonna we're gonna dig up these guys from your past." Like they wouldn't even think to like have Sam, Sammy Zayn dress up as El Generico and come out and mess with Kevin Owens in that situation. No, no, they no. Wouldn't. The, the the closest thing that they have done to like just bringing in a guy who otherwise has no association and and featuring him and allowing him to just have a match was a few years back when they they led uh jushin thunder liger on one of the nxt takeovers that's probably the closest thing but then again that was happening on like a a takeover where you know for historically vince uh hasn't had as much impact or, or focus on the nxt like that's the closest i can think of it's certainly never on like a main roster show. Like they would never no, do that. No, they would. They never would. Like God, Vince was gonna rename AJ Styles when he came in, and the only way AJ was able to talk him out of it's like, well, I mean, if you want to, okay, but I do have this massive tattoo that says AJ on my side. They couldn't even it's, keep CM Punk out for more than a week in the summer of Punk. Like that's how. Right. That was because I mean, my God, he was getting heat. We at that time, at that time, even though he was semi-retired, we had to bring Triple H back. He's got to glom onto that heat. You yeah, know, that's really. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but that is where that is the 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 singular angle that made me lose hope that WWE would ever get anything right ever again. And that angle was what? Wasn't that angle like ten years ago? Almost. I think it was... Yeah. Was it 2011? No, it'd be 10 years ago. I think it. I think so. I think, like, the whole the whole pipe bomb promo and all of that with Cena, I think that literally was, like, 10 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and they did all that. Like we said, they, they rushed it so quickly, and then we're like, well, okay. Um... I guess that's uh, what Punk went into a program with what Kevin Nash after that. Yeah, yeah, and that was in between well, like Triple H ones, and then and then they like left him alone and kind of got it right for a while. But it was all right; like they did the damage at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it anyway, it, it's it's one of those cases where I I don't know that. Um, you know what? I, I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where, aside from I don't know, probably folks, the number of folks I care about that are still in that company, I can count on one hand. The problem is it, the problem is is even Joe, if I care about them, they're yeah. so stale there. They have to go somewhere else to like make me care again. Yeah, there has to be a big shift. I still care about Joe. We don't know what's going to happen there. I still care about Cesaro. That they're and they're never going to move on that. And I still care about the new day, but how long does it take for them to move on that? And 
how slow are they taking what they're thinking about doing with Big E? Man, I don't. If like if they actually do it, I mean, yeah. I don't have faith in them because obviously, okay, so he so Big E is money in the bank holder. Okay, mm-hmm. like ideally, they're 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 pushing Roman to be effectively like unstoppable. Like you bring up Cesaro, it's like they build up Cesaro. It's like oh, Cesaro is finally going to get his main event push. And then they have Roman basically beat him clean in the middle of the ring. And, like, you, know, you don't hear from Cesario again. Like, he's not yeah. – that was his one match. He's not even remotely in the picture. Did, didn't even did get a rematch. Win clean? Wait, <clears throat> did, did, did Roman win clean or was it a spear It was off like a doctor stoppage. Is that what it was? I'm pretty sure so, he won clean. I don't think it maybe was Maybe TKO like, you know, would be clean. Yeah. I pretty much – I remember but, something – Something see, about it, I thought there'd be a return, but no. See, not. my problem is with Roman Reigns. People talk about how great the characters and, and stuff is. I actually disagree because there's no one to challenge him. Like, he's cleaned everyone out. It's boring. And they're just going to push him like this until they decide he's going to turn face. And then he's going to be an unstoppable face and then beat all the heels. Like, no one's ever going to beat him. I... I disagree, but I also kind of agree with your point. I think this is the best version of Roman, the, the, him being the whole, you know, tribal chief, etc. I think it's been done to an extent. It's been done well, and I find him actually like he's all to me. He's almost like a comedy character, not in the way he's actually presenting. Presented, he's booked very strong, but it's it's like some of this stuff is to me is like amusing, like. You know, acknowledge me. I'm the tribal chief. <laughs> like that to me is like kind of funny. But you're right. Like they've they've booked him. It's they've actually what they have done is the same shit that made people hate Roman. Mm. It's the, where they just made him effectively like unstoppable. But it arguably works slightly better now, just because he's a heel. It's like if he if he pulls some shit, at least it's not like. You know, he's a face like that shouldn't happen. Like he, right. he, part of the reason why people hated him was like he he would lose the big match, and then it's like, all right, you lost the big match, Roman. Guess you'll get a title match again at the next pay per view. It's like, why, why, why would he get a title match? He just lost. Yeah. But now at least he's a heel. So if you like, they kind of corrected the booking him poorly, but then they they've also like overcorrected that where you're right, he doesn't have challengers, but and now it's and, a huge... now it's the mm-hmm. problem is he has the Nick Aldis problem now and the big NWA problem is there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So like you don't care because none of the challengers You don't believe any like, of the challengers. You have you have the you have <laughs> essentially what you have now is you have the Chad Roman Reigns swaggering around and then the rest of the roster are just a bunch of beta cucks that have no hope like that is that is the situation now yeah the problem is if you said that to vince he'd be he'd go well yeah isn't that what we're doing here what and and in theory do you have a ready-made storyline where he's been built up like a monster and no one can no one can beat him. No one has defeated him. And then you have Big E, you know, who is talented, likable babyface. Uh, so you build him up, and like he could finally be effectively the Dragon Slayer to take down Roman. But the thing is, like, I don't know about you guys, and I don't know about other WWE or wrestling fans, but it's like I have no confidence in the WWE that they'll actually 
do that storyline or do it correctly where Biggie is like the conquering hero. Like he, he defeats Roman Reigns. Like I have no, they're already going to like Cena. And does anyone expect the Cena to go over? No. Cena already lost to him. Yeah. You're going to have Roman go over Cena. And then you would think, okay, well maybe, maybe they'll like book it where Big E is challenging at Survivor Series or something. Like, I don't know. But now I'm like, I am actually wondering, are they going to try and pull, like push this out and get, and get rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. No, I think they're going to, I think they're going to pull Lesnar Roman at Mania. I, why? In, because they, the because in like they're going to be like sharing uh, Brock now. Because in their mind that that is like the ultimate matchup that's that's going to make them millions of dollars <laughs> because they were already going back to that match before he got leukemia. Uh, and you mean Vince's mind? Not, yeah, in Vince's mind. Not just theirs. Only Vince is really, I think, clamoring for that. Well, and Bru- and Bru- and Brucey is too because oh, God. he's a moron, but. That's I I think that's what their their backup plans because here's my problem with the Big E push. Mm-hmm. I can't get my hopes up anymore because anytime it looks like they're gonna start doing something with him and taking him somewhere, even post Money in the Bank, they do little things to like undercut your faith in him. Like he loses a match he shouldn't lose, or he gets embroiled with like <clears throat> someone that should be far below him that just goes back and forth for weeks. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. If you're if we if one him in the the orbit of the satellite of of Roman, it's like he, he if he's not immediately challenging Roman or he's he's nipping at Roman's heels, then you should have him like be beating the shit, kicking the shit out of like the Usos. Like don't have him like lose to Jey Uso or even Jey Uso being particularly competitive with him in a match. Like obviously you want to. You want to have like a decent match. They don't know what they want to do. They don't know. They they can't book for shit. They don't. Every match, every weekend, it's every week. It's the same matches. Yeah, they they've got the (laughs) money in the bank on Big E. You know, I don't know this for a fact, but I've just got this jaded suspicion in the back of my head that um they've got they've got the money in the bank on Big E because it's an in case of emergency break glass thing. Also, you know, shut those people up so we don't have to hear them complain about us not doing anything with Big E anymore. It's like, well, you know what? I I like, um, you know, like I said, I like the I like the guys in the New Day. I like the uh, I like the uh, you know I like Cesaro. I like uh, you know I, I I like Dotus, but they beat that out of me. Um, you know, oh, God. stuff like that. I'm at this point now where, and I still, I still like AJ. You know, AJ Styles. I've been an AJ Mark for two decades now. I can't help myself, but <clears throat> I, I don't. Honestly, I am. They've kind of beaten me to this point where I frankly don't care anymore. I don't. I don't you care what, what don't... happens on WrestleMania. I don't care what happens on pay per views. I don't care what happens on weekly shows. You know what I don't get about them is um. WWE has really lost the art of like the mid card gatekeeper, <clears throat> and because they they fifty fifty book too much. Like back in the day, 
you knew a guy was heading up if he beat like Tito. Like that yeah. kind of told you their placement if he beat Tito Santana, and you don't you don't have that guy anymore because you can you can beat Seth Rollins this week, and then you can lose to like Apollo Cruz next week. Did, well, I mean, they had that with Dolph Ziggler, and then I don't know somehow they managed to screw that well, that's up. Because, that's because so many people have beaten Dolph Ziggler. Like you might as well that might as well just be Tuesday if you pin Dolph Ziggler. So there's no, um, there's just no, uh, the, the, you know, like I said, I don't want to be someone who just stands for one company, but for God's sakes, I've been watching this company for, you know, 30 years now, not really 30 years, 20, 25 or so. And I am, you know what, they have finally convinced me that I shouldn't, I'm just done. I don't. I don't care. I don't want, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I watch, I want to watch AEW because it's always better. It's like, well, no, but they have a, they don't have a history of just consistently either underwhelming or pissing me off. They, the thing that they so far have done, have not really shown that they're, they have issues with, they, they don't bait and switch you per se. And, they haven't taught people like don't care because that's the thing that that's the reason why you don't that's why that's why like half they've lost like half their audience ww's lost like, half their audience in like 10 15 yeah. years it's that oh you care about this guy like oh yeah like we'll give him like one win uh now we're gonna have him be like b for six months oh they've You're lost more than food. half their audience they've lost like i think they've lost almost 70 percent of their audience <clears> because they struggle to hit two million now and and ten years ago, they could still get well into the fives and push on six. Oh, they practically never get two million for Raw anymore. Like it's sad. Like that just doesn't a two point oh. At least that that's a, what like, is about one point two million is their average right now. No, it's a, it goes between like one point four and one point eight because the sad thing is, AEW started doing a little better, um, mm-hmm. because NXT's not there, but doing a lot better for AEW is they're doing like a million, 1.1 million and WWE has mm-hmm. fallen so far that they're actually starting to creep up on raw, not necessarily because they're gaining a lot of audience, but because raw is shedding audience so badly. Well, yeah. The most, I think I saw uh, someone do like a stat earlier today that raw's most recent, like the 18 to 49 key demo uh aew's last show last week compared to raw like yesterday that in that one demo raw was only like seven percent higher than aew which it's like aew is still trying to establish itself they still have you know lower ratings but it's like in some of the key demos they're almost they're they're really nipping on wwe's heels and it's because wwe has lost so much they shouldn't no they shouldn't be no, the, the company that has certainly, if you're just, just talking about Raw, has like 30 years, almost almost 30 years. I mean, they've had that Explosion. time slot since '84. Um, yeah, if you're going to go back to like prime time, but definitely like just Raw itself, like Raw has been around like almost 30 years. Like you should, you're a well-established show, and this company that isn't even on the same night is is pulling in ratings, at least in the key demo. That's close to you. 
And I they would, have an it, go ahead. I would argue too that in a, in, in a a a show that does not have your marketing ability and your track record of creating stars, who doesn't have what I would call a marquee big star on its roster. Now we can talk about Moxley or Jericho or Omega as stars, but I'm talking about like that. You put that name out there. And it would draw people in, you know, something like Hogan turning heel in WCW, like that linchpin to bring people in. And they're pushing on you pretty much with a lot of upstart talent. And that's and honestly, a company that I think's made a lot of creative mistakes in the tiers it's been around. They've made uh, a fair number of creative mistakes. And you know what? That's going to happen because it's wrestling. And sometimes you just. You make a call and it doesn't work out, and that it happens to everybody. But it's also it's also more forgivable for a company like that because a lot of that is growing pains and trial and error and people learning to book. Like a company like WWE should not be making the frankly more egregious and repeated mistakes that they make versus AEW making a couple of missteps here or there. Yeah, and and AEW's missteps largely, I would. There's still obviously things are still new. They're still f- figuring things out. But I would say, to one extent, it's missteps when they're trying to get guys who aren't established or who are younger, trying to get them over and trying to do something with them, which it's not going to always work. And you, you're they're trying to figure that out. So that's like that's kind of like excusable. And the second, the second way you cut them a break is. Because they generally, we've I talked before in the podcast before. It's it's like they they're quote unquote predictable, and how they're booking certain things or booking certain guys. But that's also that's not that's not really a detriment in many respects because it's like if you guys like oh you guys want you like Omega Omega's like a good worker you like you're a fan of him from his New Japan work. All right, we're gonna basically spend a year kind of slowly building him up to being the champion, and then. He's the champion. It's like even if you you feel like, well, you didn't book him well that angle, or I'm not sure about this, whatever. It's like they at least you you can see with what the end goal is, and yeah. then they bring you there. So if you are like, well, I'm not, I wasn't thrilled with everything you did to get to the end goal. Like the end goal is still something you wanted, and they found a way to get that. That was generally pretty entertaining. So if there's missteps on the way there. It, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, that's I'll give you a pass on that, or I'm shrugging my shoulders, or oh, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Though I think I, didn't, I mm-hmm. think they're kind of coming to a crossroads, and I think they have a really big decision to make in the next six months, and I think their future is going to highly depend on if they decide to pull the trigger on Page or not, because I think yeah. they're they're about to, whether they think they should or not, I think they have to give Page a try. They've got to give Paige some kind of success. I I agree. I think they you, they literally have built Paige up for two years, and when unless things change, like have been changed very soon, and by soon I mean like the next two three weeks, the the reporting at least by people like Meltzer was that Paige isn't going to be in the title picture at all out, and if that is accurate, that's a mistake. It, I I think that's a huge mistake. And who are you gonna, I, I who are you gonna put in there? Like you're gonna put 
I've heard some people say like, well, it'll be Christian. It's like you, that's really going to be like your main event for all out. Like you're going to have Christian and no offense to Christian. I don't think he hasn't been built for it. He hasn't, he hasn't been built for it, but I'm not against, I'm not against like Christian versus Omega, but to me, like that's a, that's a, it would have to be Tanahashi. It would have to be Tanahashi or someone like that coming over to take page out. Tanahashi, because he's a big star and because of, his history with Omega and the matches that they've had, you could pull that off, but it doesn't, that's like a, that's like, that's basically like Roman versus Cena at SummerSlam. Like Tanahashi's not going to be around like forever. He's going to be there. You're going to bring him in for like a match, maybe a short program. Um, you're not, it's not, he's, you're not going to have like six months of Tanahashi matches. No. So you, but you could do that. You could do that, but that doesn't, that doesn't negate the fact like you need to do something with Paige. You, you've been you you spent like two years making him out to be a big deal. Like it kind of is his moment. The perfect storyline, especially given all that the backstory they've done with him and the elite and with him being Omega's former tag team partner. Like you need to he should be the one to dethrone Omega for the title. Yes. Yeah, I and, absolutely agree. That's the arc that mm-hmm. they built. You and know what? It, uh-huh. To, give, to give them credit, I let me. I, I, I'm just. I remembered this just now. I want to give them a little credit because they might be having some foresight that uh, that we may not be giving them. Given the rumors we've heard, given Darby's challenge, uh, I can see them not wanting to have. Page versus Omega at All Out, where it would be overshadowed, overshadowed by the return of CM Punk. And if they're saying, "Look, we're we're holding this for this one pay per view, and then we're going to build up for the next one because we don't want Page's big moment, this angle we've been working on for two years, to get swept under the rug because you know Punk's returning," then I get it. And they have done enough stuff right that I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I guess, but allegedly Paige isn't even going to be on the show, which I find, I, I can't imagine that that's, that that's going to be the surprised case. surprised me. Oh, who knows? That I mean, could just be like, that just could be like something that the AEW is saying or Tony Khan is yeah, saying, just, just like a, a, yeah, like a, a, yeah, like a head fake. But I will say something to this, to, I, I think your point it's not implausible that that could be the case. Yeah. Although I think I think Darby, this kind of didn't get as much attention, but I think after the fact, Darby said something where it's like, oh, everyone's everyone was assuming I was talking about punk when I said like, I want to take on the best in the world, and I think the 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 inference there is that he actually wasn't talking about punk; he was talking about Daniel Bryan. I mean, that would be that would be a, a an amusing. <laughs> The whole promo that that Best in the World thing came from, though, mm-hmm. that was, like, talking about Chicago and all that mm-hmm. sort of like, No, That's yeah, a it, pretty punk promo, but... Yeah, the, the promo and the geographic location, everyone is expecting punk. Like, uh, Darby saying that, though, I thought was kind of interesting. I think down the road, assuming that he signed with them, I think everyone believes that he has. Yeah. I think Darby versus Daniel Bryan, or Bryan... Brian Danielson really would be. I think that'd be like a tremendous match. Like there's so many matches that I particularly want to see Brian Danielson have in AEW. Yeah. yeah. But let me let me touch upon like the Punk thing. 
and I've, I've like talked to you guys about this. I, I've talked to other people about it and everyone's and people like even like Meltzer, it's like, oh yeah, like, so you can do like uh, Mega versus Punk immediately. You can have, you can have like on the pay-per-view, you can have Daniel Bryan, uh, you can, sorry, you can have uh, Punk versus Darby. And I'm, and I'm sitting back thinking and I'm like, no offense to Punk, but he, as far as I know, he hasn't wrestled a single fucking match in seven years. I think he did and some rando indie thing once. I don't know. But was that a match or did he just run in and do a spot? I don't remember. Because he's OK. Even if you're like, oh, he did this match. Like, OK, one match in seven years. He hasn't wrestled in seven years. He, yeah. And you I'd know, say he, left, he left wrestling rusty. and he did the UFC stuff. And then it, he's in theory coming back. And I've heard nothing nothing from anyone where it's like oh yeah he's like in the gym training like he's he was seen uh you know running the ropes like practicing he's, he's considering a return to wrestling and i'm not i'm not dogging the guy but it's like when he was when ricky steamboat was like what like in his 60s maybe and he they did that promo years ago that match that he had with jericho yeah and he had that match with jericho and everyone like everyone's mind got blown because he went in there and he looked like a fucking million dollars compared at least like for his age and what he was able to do in the ring. It's like, yeah, cause he's Ricky steamboat, like CM Punk, no offense to the guy. I'm not trying to dog him. Like he was, he, he was on his best day. was not Ricky steamboat. He was, he was like, a mediocre in ring executor on his best day. Like I his best Punk matches, will... like his best matches with Joe's were carry jobs largely by Joe. He's, he's not, like he's just not an athletic guy. He I is um, the other mm-hmm. thing, by the way, is that Ricky Steamboat was working real hard with Heath Ledger in the lead up to those matches to make sure that he was on point too. I I probably I'm probably more uh, fair to Punk's in ring ability than, than Brad is, but I, the point remains: it's like the dude has been gone for seven years. There has to be a massive amount of ring rust. Mm-hmm. For you to for you to be like, oh yeah, let's immediately start throwing him in matches. Like I I'm not saying you don't get value out of him, like you, but it almost be like you. I would. I mean, it's not my company, but I mean, I would have him show up. I would have him be involved. He could be it all out. But then that's the thing you build him towards a match at like the next pay per view, assuming that they do. Let's assume they do it like another pay per view, like in November, which I think would maybe be like full gear or something like that. Like maybe you build towards that. You pop a big buy rate for his return to the ring then, versus just like immediately start throwing him in matches. Like I don't, a guy like Christian, like you actually can have him in matches every week because the dude like, the dude hasn't been off that long and he he clearly had been putting work in the ring. I, I wouldn't just be like let's have Punk in a match every week like that to me like that's. It's no, gonna, you're gonna end up no. with you're gonna end up with an edge where he started wrestling and everyone's like, oh, he's not that good. It, it's look, I'm actually in the same boat you are, Brett. I'm not a big punk fan. Like the you remember his his big line to Cena of your arms are too short to box with God. It's like, dude, um, I, I know you're doing a shtick, but you ain't good enough in my mind to justify being able to use that line. I guess being a heel, though, that's that's part of it. Well, I mean, I've, the, I've never been on the punk bandwagon. He's ever. a good talker, but he has two left feet. And when you watch him wrestle, 
he is fighting and clawing every step of the way to do even moderately athletic stuff. And you gotta, you gotta, I, I'll give it to the guy. He, he works really hard and he pulls some really good stuff out of his butt. That's probably above his level, but it does not come naturally to him. Athletics do not come naturally to him. Like we saw in the UFC, like he is not, he has no athletic abil- ability whatsoever. So where some guys might be like a Christian who is an athlete and has like just a gift of wrestling can mm-hmm. be away for a couple years and get it back pretty quick. I feel uh-huh. like Punk's going to need a lot of work. And I also think the problem with Punk is, is he'll get that initial pop, but how long is he going to keep interest? Because I feel like his UFC losses devalued him a lot. Yeah, and I, I agree. I don't know. He's like a meme in a lot of ways, and I think like hardcores are going to be into him being back, but I do not know what his appeal... Like, that's where I disagree with Meltzer on some of that stuff. Is like, he doesn't have like mass appeal because people are just going to be like, oh, that guy that got chumped by a, a high school teacher in, in the UFC, like, yeah, whatever. I, I agree that he was devalued by his losses because it wasn't even you can't even say it, this isn't even a situation where the again you you guys remember like the the classic like don fry takayama fight mm-hmm. where it's like it's just two dudes just beating the shit out of each other's slug fest yeah where you could it say, wasn't even like that where yeah. you can say takayama was was um clearly outmatched and it showed but he left it all out there and he went down like a fucking warrior and yeah. like that guy had some sack on him at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, that, that's why that match is, is basically legendary. Because it's like even if he was outclassed, like he made Fry like fight for every inch of that, mm-hmm. and it it became just two warriors just slugging out. Like that that wasn't Punk's. Like Punk's Punk's losses were it, it, I, embarrassments. It, 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 kind of embarrassments. Yeah. Yeah. It, to be uh, just. I know we covered this in some past episodes, but to be honest with you, he should not have been allowed anywhere near that stage in the the training shape he was in. That was just no. yeah, because because he went out like a total chump, whereas Takayama's like, like you know what, like I'm just gonna go down swinging. Yeah, Punk never never actually committed when he went out there to fight. Nothing yeah. he did fully like committed to actually fighting. Nothing he did was like he got tickled. Yeah, like that's <laughs> it, it, when that happened. He should have at least been able to grab the arm and try to go somewhere with it, but he didn't. Mm. It, you know, it, it's it was it, it was well. My dislike of Punk is to the point where I was just shadenfreuding the hell out of that. But it it was a this <clears throat> you know this this is not something that should have been allowed to happen all that said the one thing i i do feel people like Meltzer are accurately capturing and people people's excitement for a punk is that there really isn't anyone out there who is effectively more is more of a free agent or more of like someone who in theory would bring back interest to people who who aren't focusing on wrestling anymore and and like an excitement factor there really isn't anyone like back in the day if you went back like 20 20 years ago 25 years ago 
like when you had obviously the Monday Night Wars, like there was there was tons of people that could be in theory game changers. Like, oh my God, Bret Hart, Bret Hart's no longer with WWE. What's he gonna do when WCW? It's like there are guys you get excited about and think like, what's gonna happen with them? Like, there is no one like that now except for like this guy who's been away seven years. Who in theory, it's like it's like well, you know, he was pushed very heavily in WWE back in the day. It's like, what is he going to do? Like, is he going to be? Is he going to be this game changer? I, I don't. It's, I don't think he is. Like, I Brian Danielson is, is more more fits the role you're talking about than. Huh? Oh, I agree. Because he's and been it, relevant more recently too. I think is where Daniel Bryan is a difference maker versus and, Punk. Even if we could argue, I would argue Punk at his height was a slightly bigger star within the realm of wrestling than Bryan. Mm-hmm. Brian, actually, I'd argue mm-hmm. quite a bit bigger at his height, but um, but which is probably why people talk talk more about Punk. I feel bad for for Brian Danielson because uh, assuming he's signed, everyone's assumed he's signed. Like, take Punk out of the equation. Like, imagine like Punk. It, there was no possibility that Punk was coming back. Like, it's just done. Like, people would probably be like really excited right now about Brian Danielson. Like, you think of all the matches that you could have brian the people guys guys he could face and signing with aew obviously that opens the door for him to work other promotions to work new japan like imagine like i'm well i mean we're not even talking about it but that's something that is possible right now that could very well happen or is likely to happen in the next couple years you can you're probably going to see in addition to to brian versus like omega uh, any of the elite guys in AEW, you're gonna probably see him against like Tanahashi, Kawada, not Kawada, um, Okada. Uh, you guys, all those matches are possible now. Uh, you can probably see him work against Impact guys. Like I honestly, there with the New Japan Resurgence show in <clears throat> in LA that's happening in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Like them, they threw a, they just announced a match Moose. Versus uh, Ishii, which is like, I never knew I needed that match, but yeah. I want to see it. It's like, I, I would be actually excited to see Moose versus Brian Danielson. That probably would is going to, if that happens, if that match ever happens, it's probably going to be a good fucking match yeah. that I'm really excited to see. But no one's talking about <laughs> Brian Danielson because everything's all punk. Well, I, and I feel like, I feel <laughs> like people with Brian Danielson would really like a do-over of like a comeback tour for him because WWE really botched that horribly. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Because like they, they, they immediately took him out of the match. He came back, which killed the crowd for the whole show. You were at that mania, weren't you, Matt? He was, yes, I was. That, that was in New Orleans. He was far and away the most over person of, on any one of the roster like that weekend. He was the most over guy. And then they did what I would do with a hot star, which is put him in a program where he loses to the Miz repeatedly because that's how you that's how you really yeah. get some yeah. heat. I, I I myself am see way more upside in Danielson and am far more excited to see Danielson. So, you know I, I We'll just, I guess, we'll just have to do what we always have to do and sit back and see what happens. But I, uh, I think even if you liked Punk, there's a lot of questions of Punk, and Matt really illustrated those well. 
Yeah. Because seven years is a long time if he hasn't been keeping up with it. Yeah. That would be like, uh, well, mine was a little longer than seven years, but that would be like if my neck suddenly got fixed and I decided I was going to get back in the ring. It's like I, I would have a lot of rust to shake off. You know, even if I, you know, honestly, there are still times you know, I've got my punching bag out and I'm working on it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, why didn't I ever do this spot? Even with all of that floating around in my head, it's still, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to get used to running the ropes and taking bumps again just to start with. And I would hope that Punk is not uh, prideful or foolish enough not to do workouts ahead of time. Um, you know, to, to get that callus built back up. Let me let me put it this way. Like, it, Toshiaki Kawada, I just looked it up. Kawada last wrestled, like, 11 years ago. Um, if, I, if I heard that he was coming back for a match tomorrow, I would probably have less concerns that that match would be good i don't know he um i've I've seen pictures of him with people at his ramen shop and Mm -hmm. um he does not look like kawada anymore a little pudgy (laughs) he's got he's got quite the dad bot on him now because if if, that is my that is on my bucket list if i ever go to japan those i want to see i want to see a wrestling show in korakin hall and i want to go to Mm -hmm. kawada's ramen shop and meet kawada that is, that is on my bucket list. I don't care. I don't need to. I, it can be it can be any show. I want to see a wrestling show in Corican Hall. That is that is that is the only requirement. That's fair enough. Yeah, makes life. And easy. honestly, I love ramen, so I'd be I'd be excited to go go see Kawada in his ramen shop. Uh, Do we want to talk about Cole now since? Gonna, yeah, we, yeah. I think yeah. we've I think we've meandered our way back to so, where we need to pick. So that is up. um is the is the is the initial story that they just had a goof in his contract <clears throat> lapse without anyone realizing it the actual story. Still, I have not seen anything contradicting that point. Okay. Which it's like that's what a error. It's like this guy, his career his 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 contract runs out and no one no one was aware of it like you don't even like you don't have someone in accounting with a spreadsheet that like ticks down every month that um it would be in the red when it's within six you don't have like a you don't have alerts set up in your outlook that says hey this person's contract ends on this you know ends in a week or ends today there should at least be like a three-month heads up where it's like okay his guys this guy's contract is expiring in three months like we need to figure this out yeah, but but it it ran out. It apparently it did run out, and he 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 at least agreed to continue with the company through SummerSlam. And of course, right now there's there's being there's a big push to keep him under contract because obviously uh, I wouldn't say this about every guy, and we can definitely talk about the other guys that NXT released or could release. But um, of anyone in the company, there. are probably few people in the company that would have a bigger potential and upswing than Cole. Cause he was presented as a big star 
he's worked with the elite guys before he would come in to AEW if he goes there. Like there's not everyone, not everyone that WWE releases. I think AEW would bite at, but he probably would. I mean, his girlfriend's already there where where he's dangerous in mm -hmm. AEW for WWE is he's not like, it's not like Tommy end coming in and he has to build a rapport. Like he is going to come in and he is going to have a rapport with like a good chunk of that roster. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous because he's going to slide right in. He's going to have good interactions with them. <clears throat> like, especially guys like the Bucks who are his friends and like actually bring out the best in him personality wise. Mm-hmm. Like that is really dangerous for them because it's going to be best. It's going to be best Adam Cole, not <clears throat> I need three months to figure it out. Adam Cole. Oh, and friends like I think like real life personal friends. I've seen tons of of images and from the last like two years, like just AEW guys hanging out like elite guys. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, like he's kind of, it's kind of quiet, but more often than not, you see like Adam Cole in the background. <laughs> he's just like yeah. hanging out in the, in the pics. Like, of course, like with him and Britt Baker, like they're, they're there together, but it'll be like the bucks posting pictures of him, like the beach or something like that. And like in the background, you have like Adam Cole, like <laughs> with a soda in his can, in his yeah. hand or something. But yeah, like he, you could, and the guy, the guy can talk, he can work. You could bring him in if you brought him in as both a, a, either a heel or a face. Like he, he'd have that, like, I'm leaving WWE pop. So you could easily push him as a face. You can have him, I think they should, you know, be pushing Paige, but you clearly have him in a program with Omega. Like, there's so many, there's so much upswing to him. He would immediately be a big deal. And he wouldn't, and, he wouldn't have a, <clears throat> he would not have a no compete because his contract is is done. Yeah, yeah, you could literally have them show up, you know, the next day. Uh, I mean, obviously there's an age difference, uh, but I would say long term, you're gonna get, you're likely gonna get more value out of Cole then you got to get out of punk in terms of like AEW like you you could in theory you could count on like 10 years of Adam Cole and in punk, your company punk and, you're I'd say punk you're gonna get if you're lucky you'll get four good years out of punk but I think it's reasonable to think you're gonna get about a two-year sweet spot to him to build into and be good and then start declining back down again I, I was gonna say I'd, I'd look at two or three years before he's done. I would, yeah, I would say that's probably right. And Punk's I mean, also at that age, too, where, I mean, besides my disdain for him, if he comes back, I could see one good injury, him being one good injury away from him being like, you know what, like, I really don't need this, and I don't think anyone could blame him for that because he's really too old. Like, a good solid concussion or, like, something, you know, bone related i could just see him being like you know what guys like i'm sorry but like i shouldn't have done this and i and i and like i said i don't like him but i think that is fair for him to say yeah yeah Yeah. that 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 makes sense in a weird way this also kind of makes it kind of makes you appreciate jericho because jericho's like 50 51 and is still like so entertaining and working at a level where he really shouldn't be as entertaining as he is and as good as he, he is. He really, though, where Jericho figured it out, though, is he did it right. He's kind of <clears> turned <throat> into a more of a garbage brawler as he's gotten older. 
Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. He, has, he doesn't as take as time the big has gone moves. by. He's changed his style a lot. So yeah. I, I can't think of the last time I saw Jericho throw a lion salt. To be no, honest he, with he you. he did the Muda. He did what Muda did. He, yeah. he altered his offense. He grounded it more. And in his case, he kind of just turned more into like a brawler. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have to take the bumps and stuff. So he really he really adjusted smartly and he's really worked his game plan. And I think that the pain master was a really good gimmick for him to help like his longevity. Yeah, I have also um, and I know back when AEW was first getting started, I kind of kind of poo pooed on him a little bit, but. He has worked his way into like really putting the shine on that Judas effect for mm-hmm. for a pretty good finish. Like it's it's not I wouldn't consider it the greatest thing in the world, but he uses it and has used it well enough that I don't have an issue with it anymore. Um, and and that's look, to be honest for a second, it's pretty impressive that he's taken a spinning back elbow and made it into a credible finish for American crowds. Mm-hmm. So I think it's impressive. Like, people were really thinking AEW is going to be this ridiculous spot fest company, and you get that sometimes, but they've actually been more conservative in the ring than I thought, but who would have thought AEW would have turned into a blood and guts promotion on top of all of that? Yeah. Blood and guts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, to be fair rather sporadically blood and guts because i mean when they've done it they've gone pretty big but on the other hand it's been what like once every three four months at most it's more than wwe gives you though i mean they won't even give you they won't even give you blood and matches that require blood to be good yeah that that's now that's true i'm just saying that the um aew's not like yeah we're not getting like ecw or even WCW hardcore division type stuff going like they they space that out pretty well. It's not it's not it's not like the Attitude Era or ECW era level. Um, there has been a criticism that they are using a little too much, and I feel like it's more than every three months. It's more it's almost like every, you probably get like one deathmatch like, or hardcore match like about one a month maybe one every two months I feel but like i mean you've had that, i feel like people mm-hmm. that are overly critical of that don't remember or haven't watched a lot of old school stuff like especially memphis where if a guy comes out in a white shirt you're like oh yeah this dude's about to bleed like a stuck pig that's very fair i think and, and the people who are like most heavily leveling that are people like Meltzer who the self-professed like actually hates that style and I'm not the biggest fan of the style either. Um, I don't really like seeing indie guys basically like concussing themselves or putting themselves through barbed wire or no. you know taking a taking a basic taking like a, a 20 foot drop from a ladder into like a bed of light tubes. Like that's not no, that's I don't not my style. I don't like that, but I mean like like the old Memphis stuff, like a guy coming out mm-hmm. for a promo and he gets jumped and they like, you know, he's wearing the white shirt and they bust him open to sell the match because, you know, he's out there like just bleeding away and his shirt's red with blood. Like I'm good with that. Or even like um, the Cody Dustin match. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's a difference between that and like the, the garbage death matchy stuff. Yeah. And I think, because it, it's like a special attraction. I think Jericho versus Gage, like that's like a deathmatch stuff. Like that's fine. I think 
I think uh, any I have like to a throw in. Root. I'm uh, sorry, Matt. Give me just a second. Yeah. I have to throw in for just a moment when I finally did get to watch back the segment from Jericho Gage that had the Domino's insert with the pizza cut <laughs> thing. I laughed my balls off because the timing on that could not have been more perfect. But well, see, <laughs> where I will say they did it right though is the the best friends versus um, LAX parking lot brawl. I thought oh, that was yeah, perfect. Perfect okay, like yeah, a blood match. That's what Matt was saying is that's that's a hardcore or a street fight. That's not a death match thing. And I'll agree with I don't well, like death match stuff at all. Well I'll yeah. let Matt finish his thought and then I'll go into why. But I think that 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 parking lot brawl was great. The the Jericho gauge thing is like a special attraction. I thought that the Oh, we're the Thunder Rosa. Oh yeah, Baker Thunder match. Rosa and Britt Brit just soaked in blood. Oh god, that, that match was so that good. That was a fantastic match, and I would I would say still, and it's August now. I would still I was still rank that probably in my top ten for matches of the year. Um, I think all those are fine. Those are they're done more special attractions. They're not they're not done that frequently. I think where it does kind of get where they're maybe using uh, the criticism they're using it too much, I think is appropriate is when you have like Moxley versus Archer for the IWGP US title. And it, it, it's just randomly like a fucking hardcore match where he Moxley's taking bumps into barbed wire. I I thought that match is good though. (laughs) Oh, I'm a bad judge. It was. And I understand that you're kind of adding that to make Archer look like a monster and, also like wink wink excuse like moxley losing yeah because moxley to the extent that they have like a kind of like an ace or or sort of that it's moxley i guess you could also make the the appeal for omega but omega's a heel now so it doesn't quite work but like you're you're doing like a gimmick thing to make to make moxley like you know protect him a little bit and you also want to make archer look like a monster like okay but he it didn't really need that and i feel like there's a lot of moxley there's been quite a few Moxley matches that are like hardcore matches, and it kind of works because his gimmick is that he's, you know, he's like unpredictable. He's that's like a his, wild man. But that's like his thing, yeah. though. Like, we're talking yes. not about the character, we're talking about Moxley, the human being. Like, that is his oh, yeah, yeah. thing, and people need to understand that's why it pops up because mm-hmm. that's where he came from, and that's what he mm-hmm. likes doing. Like, like, I don't know if I've never seen a human being quite as happy, maybe Terry Funk back in the day, that just. <laughs> loving rolling around in barbed wire and glass you know it, it makes it makes sense with him and he's worked that style before like he's like a he's, pig he's, in slop like when he's yeah he's like doing that stuff but and well ironically like you just had jericho versus gage um and gage is is kind of in a feud of sorts with uh with matt cardona aka zach Ryder. <laughs> but you, we eventually are probably going to get like a Moxley Gage match. Like they teased that before, before it kind of got backburnered. But I, I do think the criticism is fair when it's like the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa. Okay, that's like the blow off of a feud. The parking lot brawl, same thing. The Gage Jericho thing is part of like an overall storyline plot, and it, it's unique. But just having like random hardcore matches. That I feel like that you can be, you can make, you can at least it's a plausible argument where it's like, are they using it too much? Like, I, but I, I guess I, I do. I've just seen too much because like if you watch '80s Joshi, like '80s mm-hmm. Joshi just has chain matches and just blood everywhere, 
Yeah. It's just kind of like I, I get like I don't particularly like the deathmatch stuff, but I sometimes I'm a little surprised how squeamish people get now with like the second there's blood in wrestling. It's like come on, like haven't you guys like watched wrestling before? I'm I'm not talking about the deathmatch stuff. I'm just talking about the people that go insta squeamish the second there's like red on the screen. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I think I think blood blood works. I'm not opposed to it. I don't. And I, I'm not saying I agree with the whole, like, oh, every, the blood and guts, like, everything is, like, hardcore with AEW. Um, but I, I just think, I do think, it, I do think people who are complaining about that have one, one kind of argument when you're having, like, a random, again, like, a random Moxley match on Dynamite, all of a sudden it's a hardcore match. Like, that, that, okay, like, that, I think they have a point there. The um, having a blood in a match for a big grudge match, sure. Um, I, 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 it's not something that I think should be seen too often because then you lose the value it has. It's mm-hmm. not as important when it happens. My biggest, uh, I said I was going to come back to this. My biggest problem from where I have been and where I've worked is that. We got to consider when you think of people who are known for doing deathmatch stuff, but were like really good. That's not a real big list, you know. Mm-hmm. Terry Funk, Mick Foley, um, Anita, Onita. I I guess Moxley, but I mean Moxley, I think just likes wrestling, so he's willing to do whatever. And so Necro, Sabu, we could give him. I well. I, did, I, I didn't really care for a lot of necros, but the point the I'm problem is, is the problem is too is um, if you say that there's going to be someone that's into that stuff that's going to list off like a whole bunch of guys from Big Japan I've not seen a lot of so there's probably well, more out there we just because of our choices we probably just don't I'm, know of them. The point I'm getting at is that it's a niche. It, there are not a lot of people who maybe they're known for that, but they're not known for being, like, overall generally good. Like, we just listed a small handful. And between the three of us, we're... I, I, I think it would be fair to say we're a pretty knowledgeable group of guys, right? Now, you have to consider everybody... The number of people who I have seen that wanted every match to be a street fight or a hardcore match or a death match or something like that I, that I have seen on the indies is because they don't know shit about shit in the ring. They don't know what they're doing and so they want to have those spots because they're willing to do big weapon spots or, or, or big bumps or something like that because they don't know what in the hell else they're doing. Now, am I going to understand? I did not say that these folks that we mentioned earlier didn't know how to work. I'm not saying Gage doesn't either. I haven't seen enough about Gage to be able to tell the difference, to be honest with you. Um, I saw him carry David Arquette to a pretty watchable match uh, a couple years was it, ago. Was it was it a deathmatch kind of thing? Yes, because David Arquette bled like mm-hmm. a... This was David Arquette pretty much apologizing uh, for uh, Ready to Rumble and the WCW stuff by bleeding <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but, so... What I'm saying is the reason I don't like deathmatch stuff is because people 
who can't do anything else try and imitate it because they they want to do that wrestling thing, but they don't want to actually put in the work to learn how to be good at it. No, and, and so that's, that's all they can. I had I had I worked three months straight. One guy who that was all he could do. He couldn't do anything else, and he wanted to go even fifty fifty in matches with me when he was like a foot shorter and seventy five pounds lighter than me. It's like, dude. What in the hell are we talking about? He was like, well, I've done all these street fights. And I was like, we're not doing a street fight. Oh, we're forgetting. If we're... we were doing a street fight, half my damn gimmick is that I I know how to use all kinds of weapons. So I don't know what you where you think you're going with. And he he was a nice guy, but he was terrible. We're forgetting L.A. Park and Masato Tanaka. <laughs> I think the difference, though, I think what your problem is, though, and the difference between people that are good at deathmatch workers is the guys we all listed off could have a standard wrestling match and do it well. And they just do deathmatches because that's what they that is their bag and that is what they like doing. That was somewhere that they they stood out and they made a name for themselves. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because, like, if. If, uh, if you were working with a guy and he was good and he's like, hey, can we do a street fight? Because I love street fights. Like that is like like that is what gives me I, the most joy in the world. Isn't that different than someone that has no talent that that only wants to do street fights because they don't know how to do anything? And I would say yes, as long as we built to it, because I don't want to just go out there and have a random street fight one night because I feel like it like that strips away. The um, that strips away the specialness, that strips away the joy, that strips away the shine off of it. So you know that uh, that 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 to me is important because I can tell you a regular match can be hard enough on you. I did a turn a one night tournament. I had four matches in one night. That was hard enough on me. Um, and then it's like, well, you know, last week we did a street fight. Let's this week let's do a, a casket match. It's like, no. No, I'm I'm not doing that because if everything is something weird, then nothing is weird anymore, and that means we don't have anything to build to. That and see, I don't like the idea of the casket match because that should be a feud under. But like, if you're if you're midway through a show and you know what everyone else is doing and just being like, hey, you know, people are going to be pretty bored two hours in. Why don't we get some plunder and just beat each other for a while because that'll that'll get over i can if, see if you want to have a plunder match that break that doing something like that okay i can kind of see it you're like hey they're, just, hey they're really... coming back from intermission let's do something different to get there because like i've been to long shows you all have like sometimes like you need them to start playing grab ass and rolling around like idiots or getting weaponry out and hitting each other because you're tired of the same old same old like sometimes they do need to just do something silly in that spot then to get people relaxed and paying attention. You know, do the do the 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 sixty nine spot with the the heel tag team and stuff like that. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is in a nutshell. That's that's my. And I'm I'm sure I've said it before, but my opinion on gimmick matches and why I don't like deathmatch stuff. But Though, I don't um, think AEW is doing that. A plunder not, match not is one of my favorite live matches I've seen with um, the Viking House mm-hmm. Party and um, Daniels and Kazarian mm-hmm. was one of my favorite matches I saw live because they just went all out. 
if I can find it. it, if I can find the DVD somewhere, I will try and rip it so you guys can see it. But one of my very first matches is when I was a manager, and we did this big five-on-five street fight, just all over the damn place, goofy as hell, stupid-ass props, hit somebody with a computer keyboard so the keys fly everywhere, idiocy kind of thing. Um, if I can find it, I'll send it to you. There's also, there's a Chikar one that was Ultraman is Black and Hollow Wicked versus, um, I think it was Tim Dunstan someone. And the finishing spot was, I think Hollow Wicked, they had a chair set up, and he tossed Dunst off the top rope, and he fell on the chair and, like, bent it the wrong way. Ooh. And then they pinned him. It looked brutal. Yeah. And then there was another great one on that show. It was High Noon. I should make us review that once. But it was Tursus, who is um, Max Smashmaster under a mask. I don't know if you know what he looks like, either of you, but very large man. Okay. And um, he was having a match with Green Ant. And it was one of the coolest visuals I saw because Green Ant went to put him in a Texas cloverleaf. Yeah. But he was so big he couldn't turn him, so Green Ant just starts kicking him in the back repeatedly until he can turn him for like the Cloverleaf because it was a grudge match. Mm, that's he won't a good go. Spot. He won't go, and Green Ant just starts kicking him right in the back to get him to turn. It was great. That's a good spot. That's that's actually what that um, Kingston Quack match was from. Yeah. That show. So let's let's seg on into the um, the NXT. Well, stuff. Can I add one last thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one last thing. Uh, the just as I decided, you guys have probably heard this, but the the whole Gage Jericho match with the Domino's placement. Yeah. Which is I think he tried to effectively get AEW in trouble. Like they were they were contacting. Dominoes, and it's like, oh, you, you want this? Like, you want your product being advertised, and you have guys eating. I heard, uh, the, so I heard that rumor. I don't think it's a rumor. I think, I think it was Bix. I think Bix like found out like that is actually the case. Like the de- people from WWE contacted Dominoes trying to get. I mean, really, realistically, they're trying to get Dominoes to drop AEW as a sponsor. Wow. You know, but see, the problem with that uh, though is, is like, I'd be like, okay. Sorry, yeah, trying to get them to drop out. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, well, what's the what's the what's the eighteen to forty nine demo? Oh, we're not dropping them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's the that's the real answer. But in only because like the the world of wrestling is so ridiculous, like on social media, on Twitter, yeah. Uh, the the bigger company <laughs> actually like responded like their their uh Matt, you're breaking up real bad. I don't know if you can hear me. Social media person responded like on Twitter it was like, oh, we love that. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now, but I don't know. You were coming through real chalky. Okay, uh, that all right. That led to Matt Cardona of all people, who is uh, obviously like in a indie feud with Nick Gage, doing a PBR commercial. <laughs> it's like that's that's the most bizarre 
sequence of events I've ever seen. I think there was a um, they they might have Domino's that whole thing might have come up, and I think Little Caesars might have been like, "Hey, if you want a pizza sponsor? You know, hit us up." But um, okay, so I'm gonna seg us on over to the NXT stuff. Yeah, do we? Did NXT you happen to get is, a handy list of who it was? Because I remember like the big yeah. ones, but there's okay. Hang on just a second. It's um. Because I've got it right here. It's just my browser's being goofy. Because they got, they got decimated. They, like, got they got 13 people cut. And they were TV also, people. Yeah. Some of them were TV yeah. people getting pushes. Also, this this was put on Twitter a couple hours ago. A fan who went to the uh, NXT show. They, they started out with the usual We Are NXT chant, trying to get it going at the beginning of the shows. And someone in the crowd yelled, We used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that's, that's not exactly what you want to hear. Here are the 13 cuts that happened a few days ago. It was Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Mercedes Martinez, Jack Atlas, Leon Ruff, Ari Sterling, Giant Zangier, Kona Reeves, Asher Hale, Tyler Rust, Zechariah Smith, the referee, uh, Stefan Smith, and Desmond Troy, a.k.a. Desmond Desjarnet. So, Kona, Kona Reeves, I can't believe had a job for as long as he did. And put so much work in and was still as terrible as he was. I'm going to be super honest with you. Aside from Bobby Fish, I don't know that I could pick anybody on this list out of the lineup. Uh, Bronson Reed was the North American champ as recently as a couple months ago. One thing I did hear, Bronson Reed's an Aussie, isn't he? Like, I believe so. Up from Australia? Yeah. So, and and this is, I, I wouldn't put this past him, but this is conjecture. If they signed him to NXT and he came up here from Australia for a $50,000 a year job, that's typically what they're getting in NXT. I'm like, wow. I, that's, yeah. He had a ceiling, and I don't think he would have ever made it on the roster. I know people liked him, but I never, I never particularly thought like he was main roster material. I kind of feel like several of them had this issue, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's what. Uh, he's cutting out on us bad. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, 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 I'm afraid that weather interference might be messing with yeah. Max Connect again. Sorry, guys, we're having we're having technical problems tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Bobby Fish, yeah. I don't quite know why they hi- ever had him on the roster because I like Bobby Fish. I think he's a good talent, but like he is just not a WWE guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I remember when. Uh, Undisputed Era like showed up and I took a look at all the guys there and I'm like huh okay that's that's where we're going I guess and I don't know for some like out of everyone who's in Undisputed Era the one that struck a chord for me most wasn't even originally Um, it it was uh, you know it's Roderick Strong like That's Roderick because Roderick Strong. Strong's awesome. 
yeah, he's awesome. He's got a great look. You know, he can go. Um, but, you know, everybody uh, – and Adam Cole, I knew his name. Uh, I also knew the fat-ass meme, but that's um, – yeah, I looked at the other – I'm like, okay, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Matt, try and talk again. I want to see if you come through. And we might have lost him. He might have, yeah. Okay, Unfortunately. Good. No, he but, says he's still um, in here. Um, well, I do think it's screwed up, though, that Mercedes Martinez is probably still severely concussed from Zia Lee straight yeah. up just knocking her out on TV. Yeah, that... I remember seeing that spot, and I would not have been happy. No, because um, she threw it. They both, like, where, where I thought that was bad, and tell me if I'm wrong, because you're actually a worker. Her biggest crime is she threw her foot in a place where neither of them could see it. That's generally, a, it, a good rule of thumb is one person, preferably both, but one person ought to see where it's going. One thing that you'll catch sometimes when Shawn Michaels throws a particularly high sweet chin music is you'll see his head and neck's kind of arched. He's looking back over his shoulder where his foot's going. Um, other people who do super kicks, some of them, they tip their body real far down. They're actually looking up up their body to their foot to see where it's going and that sort of stuff. It's, it's a... It is very bad practice to throw stuff that way. It, Mickey James did that. She was, uh, when she knocked out Gail Kim years ago, doing that spin kick, it, she's doing what was basically a cup way to kick. But the problem is she like knew the movement, but didn't have control in it. And just, I mean, knocked Gail Kim right out. It's it's bad practice to because to what she did she did is she she threw it completely blind because it was a back kick, but then she put it she put it behind uh, Martinez's ear so she could not see where the kick was going either. I want I want to look it up real quick. I think we might have just gotten Matt back. Yeah, we but... did. I I was I was trying to. Back in. So can, we, can can you guys hear me now? There you are. There you are. Yep. What, what were you going to say about Bronson Reed? Yeah, my, my connection isn't really great, but I'm trying to make it through. Um, even if you're not, even if you, if you have misgivings about him on the main roster, it's like there's all of their quote unquote stars right now are like 40. So it's like, why not, again, throw something against a wall, try and make it stick. But so I pulled the the clip where Zia uh, mm-hmm. Lee kicked Mercedes Martinez. The here was the biggest issue with that. Like Zia Lee saw exactly where it was going. She just threw a stiff as shit spin kick. Like it, it was. This was not a like. It's like I wasn't sure where it was. She threw a. That kick was stiff as hell, and she threw it it really hard. So that's that's don't be doing that. And I feel like I feel like I feel like ethically because it happened on their watch, and I feel like that kick was an agenting issue because there should have been someone that that said don't do that. I feel like you ethically owe 
her recovery to make sure she can actually earn a living um, yeah. after the kick. That's that's something that the independent contractor thing bugs the hell out of me. And honestly, I relish the day when that gets a legitimate challenge. Yeah, but they could have just laid her off in a round of layoffs, too, though, if she was an employee. So, I mean, she... But she, she would have been entitled to workers' comp, is what I'm getting at. It's like, you know, that happened. You got hurt on our watch. This is our damn fault. Or this this happened at work. You work for us. That makes it effectively our damn fault. Like, I'm okay with, you know. But you're right. You know, this, this happened. She, her ability to do the job you hired her to do was harmed because of something that happened in your ring with another person you hired you know firing her while she's hurt is a scumbag move and i don't know why they got rid of her because she is probably one of the top five women wrestlers in north america i don't know um I don't know, like, that's just giving AEW, like, she is going to, if she can still go after the... He's talking about, like, the gatefold. Say what? Uh, I was going to say, like, she could easily play, like, the gatekeeper role. Yeah, like, she, any company that gets her is going to get a competent female worker, which, like, companies are just starved for, is Mm -hmm. good female talent, and she, she would be... Like, in AEW, she would immediately be, like, a top fourth, like, talent-wise. Um, they kind of snatched the, her out from under AEW. So, I mean, I don't know why you're enriching Impact or AEW with her. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it was Meltzer that said that all of these cuts were basically Vince's call. Now, um, and- Jake... Jake Atlas, I have no idea why they ever hired him to begin with. I think he is terribly boring. Like, I don't see why anyone enjoys anything he does because he is just a bore. He has no personality whatsoever. Like I said, I, I don't know what... I, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I think I think the general consensus online when I've said that, other people have been like, yeah, I don't know why they hired him either. <laughs> And then, um, who else is on that list? Uh, we went through them, and then I, I oh yeah, hang, so I'll have it back. I'll have it back in just a second because it's just going to be highlighted length. Um, yeah, I knew you weren't a Leon Ruff fan. No, uh, I'm. I'm really happy I don't have to <laughs> see his shit on my TV anymore because it was. He would have been fine as like someone in five minute segments, but there was. There was like a six-month period where it felt like he was getting 20 minutes a show, and it just got really old. Uh, Ari Sterling? I don't think I know who he is, even. Giant Zangier? No idea. You already covered Tona Reeves. Asher Hale? No idea. Tyler Rust? Um, I think I know who that is, but... Tyler, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Tyler Rust was notable in that they he he was doing stuff with New Japan for like recently, like six months ago. 
And then they hired him and they put him in that new faction that they're pushing with Roderick Strong, the Diamond Mind. And he was getting airtime as part of that faction. Okay. And they immediately had now cut him. So it's like you literally just started giving this guy a push only to now like fire him. Yeah. For a fact, for like a faction that you're trying to get over is like, you know, a new thing. And then you just, you know, you're firing one of the guys in it with no explanation. Pretty much. Um, which doesn't shock me. I mean, God, they did that with Aleister Black too. So, uh, well, you said like it, these are all Vince's calls. Like it's, it's apparently it was Vince and, uh, you know, Bruce Pritchard. Well, yeah, I was going to say I'm, that I'd Tyler, that Tyler Black story mm-hmm. really, um, humanized Johnny Ace for me because Johnny Ace is like, look, man, like, I have no idea. Like, it even sounded like Johnny Ace is like, I don't agree with this, but like, I have to tell you, you're gone. Yeah, there are a lot of people that really hate Johnny Ace, and on one hand, him being in the Hatchet Man spot doesn't help, but on the other hand, he was one of the dynamic dudes, and so that really doesn't... Uh... <laughs> Don't let friend of the show Chris DiPetrillo hear me say that. Hey, now he was he was <laughs> Mrs. Baba's favorite wrestler. Yeah, but that that's look, mm-hmm. I I don't understand how Johnny Ace is is has persisted in long as long in the business as he has. But next one on the list is Zechariah Smith. Wasn't he one of the one of those like tag team guys I don't know the problem with NXT is I don't know if Matt has the same problem I have but there was a point about when before AEW started but after New York where like their their guys got really interchangeable and forgettable and bland and there's all these guys running around and it's like I don't know who that guy is from that guy yeah, I felt I felt in the last couple of years it got that way. Like I, basically after the NXT New York takeover, it kind of started going that direction. And really, almost as soon as they got you know the primetime TV. Yeah, because it's just like it's like oh, it's look, it's generic white guy number five with a similar move set that just wants to be a good wrestler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have someone that, that's, who's already doing that. You need something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not the best worker, but uh, a guy like Dexter Loomis, it's like at least that guy has like a look and a gimmick. It's a bad gimmick, which kind of makes him gimmick. It, yes, <laughs> but it, it at least makes him stand out, which is like that's one of the like one things that guy has going for him. Oh, speaking of which having a gimmick that makes him stand out. I'm going to go ahead and, and call my bet. Now I'm betting that in the not super distant future, if there are main roster cuts, Elias will end up being one of them. Cause they just had him abandon his, uh, his gimmick on. Yeah. You know, the problem with Elias though is, is his gimmick was good, but it had a shelf life, and Elias is not particularly a good enough worker to... Um, he just had a shelf life. He just wasn't a super great worker, and I think, you know, they didn't handle the gimmick well, and he turned face and heel too much, but I think 
I think Elias is one of those guys that if this was the ye olden days, you would bring in for six months and then mm-hmm. send him packing to another area. They they ran his gimmick into the ground for a very short period of time. And then they had him off TV for, I don't know, ever how long. I, I couldn't remember the last I time I heard about him on TV. Okay, and then in, he, he comes back and... His gimmick was great because his gimmick had, I think his gimmick had longevity because it was a way that he could have, he could set up anybody to come out there and beat his ass and get a pop. Anybody, you know, he, you know, all he has to do is just pick, pick his target and say something. And then you had, you can, you could build up anybody as a face if they come out there and, and whoop Elias for what he's doing and that sort of stuff. Okay, fine. What's he doing there? He He's being, you know, and then, or you have him do that, it starts a feud, and, you know, you can have him be, I guess, have competent enough showings. But it just seems, I don't know, it, it, that, that seems like like a choice that's setting him up to fail. I just think I just think with guys like him, you have to you have to be you have to kind of baby them along, which they can't do because he's not like New Day where he's talented enough around the edges of all that stuff in every aspect to just survive. And oh hey, you know the gimmick's a little boring, but ah uh, this match will be good. Like he doesn't have that benefit. He has to. He has to survive on the gimmick promo song aspect. Like the entering aspect is a detriment to him. Um, next people on the list, Desmond Troy. And then one of the referees, Stefan Smith. No idea on either of those. Yeah. Their so, referees are so interchangeable. I don't know who any of them are anymore. But the, I guess the biggest thing that really came out of this was the edict that NXT was going to go back to what it was. And they're looking at, at getting young guys, big guys to build up to eventually move. No more, no more midgets, pal. Now, I think no more midgets. Now, seriously, what is that? I think one well, of your most popular guys that you've had in the last 10 years, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson was, he's not six feet tall, but I mean, what kind of blanket ass statement is but, that? But he, there, there. I think he was wrong on that. But I think, I think there are some elements of truth that Vince was dead on about, like him saying no more guys in their thirties. I think that is dead on. Like there shouldn't be guys in their thirties in NXT unless they're yeah. coming in late. Like it was absurd that you had guys that had 12 years of experience that had been in NXT for like six to eight months. That's just like a waste. Like, I think he's wrong on the midgets, but I think, I think overall, I think he has a point in that this, like trying to out indie the indies thing really did ruin NXT and, um, really took away their use. Like, why did go ahead, Matt? uh, The, the issue is like, because they didn't have any real like competition, they guys would just go indie guys or or established guys with guys that didn't have a history with with the WWE would just go to NXT to kind of get like a new gimmick or familiarize themselves with the WWE style and 
kind of like feel it out for six to 12 months. And then they would get brought up to the main roster. It's like, okay, you, you sign like, you know, Kevin Steen. So you bring him into NXT as Kevin Owens. And then he's, you know, he does like a program or two. Like he's there for a while. Then you bring him up like, okay. Like when back in the day, if this was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, like you would just bring him on and he'd be main roster immediately. Yeah. Yep. So they, they kind of just, they were put guys there, I guess, in a way to like familiarize himself with the style and to, to hype them up, like give them a new gimmick, give them like a, a get people excited about it. But it, it really just became like a depository for guys. And that's how you wind up with guys like Eli Drake coming in as LA Knight, And he's like doing stuff in, in NXT where it's like, that dude's like in his thirties. He's been around, he's been around the block. Like he's just, you should have just had him be a main He's an Impact guy. World yeah. Champion. Yeah, you should just yeah. have him be on the main roster, even if you're not like going to push him into like he's not going to be main eventing WrestleMania. It's like you can have him. He can easily just be a mid card guy for you because he has like the training and experience. You could just have him do that. But in back in the day, like that's what what happened. But because they didn't have any like real competition, that's what it. That's that's kind of like what has been done. Or you yeah. have like Trevor Lee, who's been there. Probably for two or three years now. He's done like nothing until this stuff with um, Eli Drake. And mm-hmm. he literally carried, you know, CWF Mid Atlantic for a couple of years with like a really memorable title reign. Like, I think the guy would have been fine on the main roster this whole time doing stuff. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's a money making thing. It's like you have, you have this guy working NXT for like a year. And you can put out a toy of him and his NXT stuff. You can get put out merchandise for NXT. Sell and all DLC of a sudden you bring to the up, video game of NXT. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. And then you bring him into the main roster. It's like, oh, well, he's main roster now. He's got to have a new toy, new T-shirts, new DLC, etc. But she's got a new It's hat. like a money-making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a money-making thing. Like, Io Shirai, like, why isn't yeah. she on the main roster? Why is she there? Why is she yeah. probably? Why is she probably never going to actually appear on the main roster? Yeah. Well, why in the hell did you have Joe and Finn Balor in your developmental league for as long as you did? Now mm-hmm. I, I will defend. I will slightly defend putting Joe down there. He was down there too long. But if I had signed Joe, I'd be like, hey, um, why don't you do NXT for like six months? I just want to see how like because he he was having some issues at the time. And had lost a step and just like, hey, you know, let's see how, you know, your shape's in. Like, like let's get you some work there. Like, I, I can see that with Joe. And with Balor, I can see it because it's like, well, you've worked primarily Japan and your, your work in America's limited. Let's just, you know, let's just give you a, a run of, you know, some shows and see how you do. Like, I can understand that. Or even like when um, what, two, three years, though. No, Joe was only there no. for yeah. Joe was only there for like eight months and Finn was probably there for a year but see I I could kind of you can kind of excuse if it's like a year where it's like a guy comes in and you know like that within a year like they're going to bring him up like you can maybe like give him a year the the issue and this is really like the, the the to me like the biggest offense is is the fact that Cole is still technically in NXT and I know they're like they want to resign him and Vince is like oh you know we're going to come up with raw and smackdown ideas for you like he should have been brought up the entire undisputed era they should have brought those guys up 
like two and a half years ago. What was I that? remember. What was that it, one that Dames was at that he was pissed that it, didn't? It debut? was the raw. It was the raw after um, WrestleMania in New York. The one that uh, was main evented by you know Becky, Charlotte, Ronda. Was that WrestleMania 35? I think. Like the next 35, day, I think. Yeah, the next day on Raw, like they they did something where it teased like there was going to be like a debut, and I forget, I forget who it actually was. Maybe it was like you know, Viking House Party or something. But it was it it they made it seem like it'd be undisputed era, and it, or it would have been a perfect time to debut undisputed era, and they didn't. And there's video actually out there on on the internet of of Damien going like on like this uh, hilarious rant afterwards where it's like, he's so pissed off that it's not undisputed era debuting. And he's right. Like they should have debuted. They should have debuted then. That featured the line, who gives a shit about the bar? (laughs) Yes. 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 That, that was that, that, that the infamous promo that he, he cut on that. Like that's, he's right though. It's like two and a half years ago. And that was really like the latest you should have debuted them. Because they, and here it is. Mm-hmm. Because the iron was hot. Because when you get past them and that and NXT with them, like they just slowly, slowly dwindled them down. And if you had debuted them even like six months later, like mm-hmm. they'd cooled off considerably. Yeah, they should have debuted them. And now it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Oh, if 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 Cole resigns, like what you're gonna bring him now? You're gonna make him a main roster guy? Like everything yeah. that has happened in the last two and a half years, like you should have no trust in them that they'll use you right they they didn't do jack shit with alistair black and when they finally decided they're gonna put him in a promo they like fire him immediately ricochet is like a fucking main event guy like he i guess they bring him out they've been bringing him out on raw he, ricochet the last is, few months ricochet mm-hmm. is now that guy like oh hey that guy still has a job awesome yeah it's like yeah, when you watch a show in like 93 and you're like hey look coco beware <clears throat> still has a job awesome yeah yeah, it's, and and Ricochet, yeah, Ricochet. I'm not. I've never been like the biggest fan of his, but that's a guy who like you. He would see him tearing shit up on New Japan shows, like dome shows and things. Like, and now it's like, oh yeah, it's Ricochet. Like he comes out on Raw every other week, and they allow him to do like one big spot. It's like, why? Or look like at Mustafa, um, Mustafa Ali is another example. It's like Karrion Cross already and Keith Lee. Karrion Cross, who has been booked to basically almost like a, a miniature Roman Reigns, just like tear through everyone at NXT. Like to the and, detriment of NXT, they had him do that. Yes, and he's he's not as good a worker like as a lot of guys like Balor, guys that have been in NXT, but. They bring him up. He's been up like what a month or so, and I think it's like I think it really it's like parody booking. I think he's like lost as many matches as he's won, and he it's like Keith Lee have been this is the guy off wins, I think. Yeah, and it's like these are Keith Lee. Another example, like even if even if you feel Keith Lee has been exposed, that's the argument that people have made. Like he's a big guy, and Cross is allegedly like everything that Vince McMahon likes, in and he has like some size to him. He's not. He's not like a monster size, but he's he's got a look. He's got like the size to him. He's the guy that Vince you would think he would push. And is that just, why you he's brought already, him he, out on Raw without entrance music or without 
his valet or without anything like that and be like, oh, here yeah. you go. Come out here and he's you lose. Just another dude. You might. As, yeah, you might. As, he's just like at this point, he, he should just be a mid carter. He's a mid carter. Like even, even like Damien Priest that got to team mm-hmm. up with Bad Bunny. They didn't he didn't get anything out of that. He should have because that was actually high profile and that was really well received yep. and got like national media attention for that match. And they've done they did they've done nothing with him since nothing like it's like what what the hell's wrong with you like they you could have tried to made something with this guy it was like back in the he, closet with the yeah and that's that's like every guy like so if Adam Cole resigns I I hate to see you this way because I'm not trying to just dog WWE and push AEW but this is look what two years ago Moxley. When Moss's uh, contract expired and it goes on Jericho and he laid out all his reasons why he didn't resign with WWE. And that was two years ago, two and a half years ago. And none of that has changed. Like everything that he said where it's like, I didn't want to continue working for a company that I hated it. I hate showing up for work. I would get anxiety because like, I think it's it, what they were making me do is like a joke. Yeah. And if you care about what you do, because look, it's like, it's, this is this guy's livelihoods, but it's also kind of like, this is not really like arrogant. This is like their art. Like if you care about it, then what your guy like Cole, who has options, like, why wouldn't you just leave? Nobody, the, oh, nobody they're going to misuse you. Uh-huh. Yep. Nobody wants to get into wrestling to not wrestle, but I think nobody mm-hmm. wants to get into wrestling to get left in catering for two months running. I also Nobody think... wants to get into wrestling to travel across the country to shows and not show up anywhere and not do anything. Nobody wants to do that. That's, you know, the whole, it's like, well, you can sit in catering and collect your paychecks. Like, that's not why any of well, these guys I think it's... worked as hard as they did to get in that I do business. think, though, it's fair <laughs> if you're, if you're looking at, like, the last bit of your career. Like, you know, like, well, I'm probably going to tie it up in five to seven years. Like, you know what? Like, I'm going to sign with WWE because, hey, that stable paycheck's going to be nice. If I do well and do some merch, that's a nice nest egg for me. Like, I think I think doing your retirement tour there for the easy money and when you don't have to, like, grind it out on the indies for every cent. Like, I think I think there's merit to that if you don't care about how they use you. But I'm. Oh, and and I have no problem with guys like AJ Styles, like doing that because the dude's like in his 40s now he's got kids like he's already kind of traveled the world it's like why not just collect that paycheck they still use him fairly well still great or even jeff yeah, hardy still... mm-hmm. jeff hardy like hey yeah. i'm gonna move a crap load of merch like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna cash <clears throat> those checks jeff yeah even okay. even guys who i wouldn't necessarily want to see elsewhere but in theory could have options uh, a guy like Sheamus, it's like, why not you just try and, and be WWE for life? Especially since you know, he's had neck issues. It's like, you just just take that paycheck and ride it out. And especially but, especially I, if you put the time in like, and you, you run into some issues like that, they tend to take care of you, too. Yeah. But or even like, like um, who, I don't hmm. even blame like John Morrison or um, oh, no. guys yeah. like that are like, hey, you know, I had some issues. They took care of me. Like, they did this aftercare stuff. They helped me beat alcoholism. 
Like, I don't blame those guys for going back when the chance is there because, you know, they do, they have helped some of those guys through some bad times. And I can see, like, yeah. the loyalty there. And just being like, yeah, I'm going to take the hit, but, you know, I owe them, you know, that I, I, I have good feelings towards them because, you know, they sent me to rehab or, hey, they helped me with this knee injury surgery and stuff. Yeah. But a guy like Cole, who I think maybe just turned 32 or is like he's like 32. It's like your guy like this guy has, you know, barring injury, he probably has another like 10 years in him of like really good years. Like, why would you want to just be with WWE where they're, you know, that they're going to screw you over? They're going to, they're going to base, and that, I'm not just, I can say, it, you know, because you kind of do, like, you need to look at the history of the WWE. Like, they've, they screwed up so many people that you would think would be absolute sure things within the last at least and, like five years. And you know, you know, deep down, you can think you're as talented as you want if you're Adam Cole, but you know, deep mm-hmm. down, like, you don't give Vince a chubby when he looks at you. Like, and you know, if you don't like if, if Vince doesn't get a little tingle down there that you're not going to get pushed to the top. Yeah. Dang yeah. And that main roster spot in front of Adam Cole should immediately make him suspicious. It's like, no, we we're going to bring you to the main roster. Like, well, why didn't you ever do that before? And how well did that work out for friends of mine? I don't know. We can just pick some off the top of our heads. For example, sanity. How well did that work out for them? Didn't work out for any of them. So why would that be a draw for me? Like Vince could be like, oh, we're going to bring this back down and we're going to have you in a program this for a person. Like, I, I don't believe any of this is actually going to happen. Now, if, if they're offering yeah, I, him like half a million a year plus merch cut, I might take that if I was Adam Cole, even if I get misused. You know what? I guess, but and maybe, maybe his concept Maybe the idea is that he would he'd sign a deal for like two three years with for making big money because uh, that's the argument. People like, well, the WWE could pay more. And it's like, yes, they're they're literally a billion dollar company. They can pay more, they and maybe that's what he wants to do. Maybe he'll just take that paycheck. But the argument, in my opinion, like the argument that anyone has, where it's like, oh, the WWE, like they they can pay you so much. They're the and it's a business. You want to get paid the most. It's like, yeah, you do, but they've also I, in my opinion, the WWE has completely undercut that argument, which to me mm-hmm. is like their best argument. You're not like a, you're not fucking using guys correctly. No, because so I mean, if... was that was that Grand Metallic when Sin Cara or whoever it was left that um, they're talking about the the it was Lince Dorado's idea to get them used. And he hated the Lucha House Party. And Grand Metallic was like, this is more money than I've ever made in my life. I literally don't give a crap what they mm-hmm. do with me. And I was like, you know what? Like, you can't argue with that logic either. No, and but for a guy like, I guess for like guy like Graham Metallic, it's like, yeah, better to get that like nice paycheck versus having to grind it out in like Mexican indies. But and hope like and hope and hope for that the that PWG and maybe ROH give you a shot like here and there, and maybe Japan picks you up for some decent paid tours. Well, what yeah. I was going to say is I, um, so, the I mean, idea that it's like, yeah, WWE can pay you more. Yeah, they're having record profits. Like, yeah, that's all true. They also just fired one of their top merchandise movers for, and I'm quoting, budget cuts. So how secure do you feel in that? That's you know, exactly I don't. the point I wanted to make, Chad. 
Okay. Yeah, that's exactly I'm the on the page I to make because they, yeah, because that's, that's to me, that's always been like the, their quote unquote best argument. It's like, well, they, they could pay you more. It's like, yeah, that's true. And they've also established with, with Bray and, and with Braun Strowman. And I guess if you want to go back like a year and a half, like with the, the good brothers, like they have established that if they, even though they'll give you super fat paychecks for you to stay with them or to sign with them, that's all it, there's an asterisk there it's like as soon as they decide like uh oh, i don't want to honor that anymore you're gone you're gone it doesn't matter and you don't oh, have any recourse money yeah oh we signed you for a big money contract but uh six months in uh we decided we don't really like paying you that much so uh you're gone thanks yeah. I think good luck though, on your, all your future endeavors i think though if you are an adam cole you need to kick the tires whoever wants to talk to you like i thought that was really smart what randy orton did last year where he was like he kind of sniffed around AEW just to put some pressure on Vince. I always thought that was a smart tactic on his part. It's a smart tactic. I it don't is a smart tactic working there, but it is a smart tactic. Yes. No, but I mean, he probably it's a got smart tactic. extra money. And I think Cole would be a fool he probably to did. just immediately jump to AEW without like without kicking Oh no, you try and but... get yeah, you kick the tires, but I mean, what if if AEW can offer a a fair salary or a comparable salary, you're probably not going to make as much per se in like merch money. But if they can offer you like a comparable contract where you're only working maybe like two days a week, let's say you, yeah, maybe. Two, if that, like, maybe you can really only need to work, like, once a week, plus if you do pay-per-view. So you may be, let's, let's say, in theory, like, 60 dates a year. And, and you, you can make, like, to go couple, work somewhere else. Yeah, and you can, you can make big money. Like, you, I would think that would be a contract that you definitely consider. And versus I think... WWE that can pay you more, in theory, and you might make more merch. But you're also going to be working like 200 plus dates, and that's if they decide to use you, and it's they use you well. Because yeah, you may not be. You, you... Because if if you're going to make, let's say, let's say with merch and everything, let's say you're going to clear six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in WWE for a year, but you have to work 250 days a year, and let's say AEW comes along and say, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but you only have to work 60 days a year. So, at that point are you doing better to take less money for less work with some indie dates open and less wear and tear? Yeah. And, and it's in theory, like you making more in the WD with merch, like you, you might, they might put out more like toys of you in theory. I don't know how much money that guys make off that. Maybe you can move more T-shirts in WWE, but that's really if like they're using you. Like I think, um, Roman Roman Reigns might be making good money from his T-shirts. A guy like Ricochet, who again they no. they don't do shit with, he might have like one T-shirt at any given point. Yeah. Like you're probably not making it that much. I know. Whereas I know someone Pitbull, asked um, mm-hmm. Lance Storm once about one of those Raw or SmackDown games. He's like, he's like, I love that game. Like that game built me a new kitchen. So the royalties <laughs> have to be decent. Because he was like, yeah, like I remodeled my whole kitchen on the royalties from that one. Well, from mm. that from that one thing, sure. But uh, and that's one big payoff as opposed to what you can make consistently. And the other problem with the merch is 
your merch is at the whim of how well you're booked. Because who wants to buy a loser yeah. shirt? Actually, yeah. I think I think you're also at the whim of how well designed it is too. Because I know when Braun Strowman got hot, I looked at I looked at the shirts for him. And like they all sucked, so I didn't buy one. But like New right, Day, right. New Day consistently has good shirts. Like I, I think they could literally lose every week, and their merch sales would not take a hit because their shirts are cool. They, yeah. they probably have a hand in designing their own stuff. Whereas Bron's like, yeah, I think shirts are great. That looks great. You know, that's, like that's not his wheelhouse. But uh, or Seth you know, Rollins, ooh. who I think has never had a good shirt in WWE. <clears throat> The, the best yeah. he's ever had is his weird SR logo shirt. And it's just like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, that's okay, I guess. But I don't I don't like one gigantic thing that just takes up the entire front of the shirt. That I that's not I don't know. That that's that's not a design thing. I'll, if you're gonna have something on the front, you need to break it up a little I, bit. I also but, don't like when they put like the wrestler on it. Like I don't want some dude on my shirt. Like I want a logo or something. We we've talked about my philosophy on shirts before, yeah. so we won't go into that. But um, I don't like when they put like the person on there, like no. their whole body, and it's just like, uh, no thank yeah. you. Like that's no. just awkward. No, don't don't do that. Yeah. If if I was gonna be, if I was going to be um, designing a shirt, then what I would be coming up is I want some kind of cool like. I don't want it to be like just I don't want to go to a basketball game and have a shirt that just has like Anthony Davis's face on the front of it. Why would I want to do that with a wrestling shirt? I, I don't. So, you know, do some nice accent stuff to it. Maybe you get like some I don't know, like some 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 striping on the cuffs and the collar and that sort of thing that kind of make it stand out. And then come up with a cool logo for it. You but, need like you need to stick to the philosophy of like um, rock band t-shirts. You either need, like, the name of the band and it be simple, or you need some cool, like, art- artsy, like, vaguely threatening symbol on there that normies are, are leery of. Yeah, well, I... I'm just of the opinion the shirt needs to look cool even if someone doesn't know what it's for. Right, exactly. Yeah. You need to have, like, you need to have, um, it needs to either be recognizable, like a Bullet Club shirt where someone that knows what it is and is into it is going to, like, want to two-sweet you in a random spot. And someone that doesn't know what it is is just like, oh, that's kind of cool looking. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. So, anyway, that apparently NXT is just going to be going through a big change and be back to regular developmental stuff. And well, I looked at the results from tonight, and it's just it is a just a wasteland show tonight. Yikes! That that cannot be like encouraging the, for anybody. Like the main event is. Pete Dunn versus Ilya Drog- Drognov. And I know one of those names. Yeah, it, well, I mean, he's in the... Ilya's in that um, Walter group. Oh, okay. He He's in... Um, 
the Dominion, the... Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's right. I was thinking of, <laughs> and I'll come up with, with their old... Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Name, but... yeah. Well, I don't think Imperium. Oh, Imperium. There it is. Yes. We're going too Star Trek-y. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another issue with NXT, though. Like, how long has Walter and Imperium been around with, like, no changes? Yeah, that's true. Like, two um, years? Like, he had... Imperium had been in place for a while before the lockdown started. And then when that happened, they just kind of bunkered down and didn't do anything with them. Yeah. Uh, but it's... I don't know. I like the, the problem I'm going to run into is I like Walter. I like where Walter's at. I like what he's doing. And it's like, well, we need to change it. It's like, I know, but I like it. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of struggle with that. Um, but I don't know. It, 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 I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Walter, Walter is Walter. Well, we're yeah. sorry, folks. Like, it's just we, we tried to work around it. <laughs> Um, Matt, Matt's Matt's having technical issues because of weather in his part of the world, and you know it, it worked great for most of this episode, but unfortunately, yeah. it's not done. Um, it, you know, I, I suspect more storm rolling in or something like that. Um, I think sometimes too, like I know sometimes at my house, some days the cell phone coverage is fine, and other days it's like, why is my phone just refusing to? to cooperate with me yeah my data connection will uh, there's some days when it's rock solid and some days it fades in and out and i can't figure all right so everybody thank you uh for being with us we'd love to hear from you on social media do you i mean do you think that we're off base um talking about you know these cuts that have been made what's going to be happening with nxt Honestly, with everything we went into with what aew is doing we would love to hear from you you think we're, we're right wrong whatever um please hit us up on facebook twitter instagram all of our social media also remember next week we are going to be doing our beautiful bobby retrospective so um yeah it's it's going to be a little bit later than everybody else but all three of us are big fans of bobby eaton so this is going to be a labor of love for us and we we really want to take the time and 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 refresh on some of this stuff and um yeah if, so if you want to if you want to do pre-work if you're listening um the matches you want are bill dundee from memphis it is a tv match that's about 15 minutes i actually found you'll the know, you'll know it's the right one because it's got uh it's bill dundee bobby eaton and it's got jimmy hart and dutch mantel at ringside and eaton talks and you know what i yeah. actually found the follow-up match to that uh um, okay when i watched that it's um it's um Bill Dundee and King Cobra versus Bobby Eaton and Coco Beware that happened like the Monday after that show. Oh, so, cool. And then we also have from the first Clash of the Champions, the Midnight Express versus the Fantastics and a yep. really great like brawly tag. And then yep. um, Great American Bash 
1990. Yeah, Southern Boys vs. Midnight Express. You have to go on Daily Motion to find that one. It's about yeah. 20 minutes. The YouTube ones are from TV. And then there yeah, is don't look on Daily Motion or Vimeo will 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 get you there, yeah. but it is so worth tracking down. And then I think it's like nine fifteen ninety seven. It's September ninety seven worldwide. Randy Savage versus Bobby Eaton. That one. NWO Randy Savage versus Bobby Eaton. Yeah, and it's like nine ish minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So those are the matches if you wanna if you wanna do some homework for next week. If you want to be prepared for what we're getting into, but yeah. Uh, even if even if you're just like oh hey those are some those are some eating matches yeah, that are worth watching even without listening I mean we hope you come back and listen to us but you know even in a vacuum those are all worth tracking down for different reasons. But. And I also recommend the blue blood segments where Steve Regal's <laughs> trying to train him in being a blue blood and they go to a restaurant and the waiter's like do you want me to throw this ruffian out. He's like, no, no, it's fine. And then Eaton starts like white, you know, cleaning his ear out with his napkin and just being an overall and like blowing his nose in it and just being an oaf. It's it's yeah, good stuff. It is. It is. It's good stuff. So anyway, thank you all for being with us for this episode. If you're still listening to the end, uh, we appreciate it. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>